Welcome to Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast with your hosts, Laura Katina and Amy Mara. This podcast was created for businesswomen in particular who are juggling pursuing their career, family life, and all of the things that come along with it. We know that building a career, running a business, and running your life can sometimes seem near impossible. In the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast, Laura and Amy are going to share their experience of building their own careers as female attorneys, raising a family, and their journey to maintain wellness through it all. With more than 25 years of combined experience practicing law and years of juggling business, family, and wellness, they are about to have some very real and honest discussions about what it takes to manage it all and share tips, tools, and truth about how they make it all work. Welcome back to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. Amy and I, I don't know if there are even words to describe how much we love this person that is our guest today. We met Missy Gaspard through actually our Beachbody coaching, which we started a couple of years ago, but we quickly could see the connection that we had. She is an incredible person, so motivating. She's a mom, a wife. She's had a career in the NFL for, I don't even know how many years, 25 years? 26 years. She is now what she calls herself a hype coach, which we can't wait to hear what that's about. But she's just an incredibly motivating, kind, loving person who we want to talk to her today about finding the joy in life. And she's so incredible to follow because that's what I feel she does. Like she finds joy in life when somebody else might say, how do you do that? I can't find joy after tragedy. So we're so excited to talk to you today and to introduce Missy to our audience. Thanks for being here. Oh, I am stoked to be here. (laughs) Stoked. So where would you like me to start? So if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your story and how you were able to find joy after tragedy, I'd like to start there because I think it's so, in the world we're living in today, so many people are in such a tough spot and you were in a very tough place and how you found joy after grief. Yes. So I had four babies in eight years. Sometimes I screw that up and say eight babies in four years, but that would actually <laughs> could never happen. But four babies in eight years and a daughter and three little cute boys. And each of the boys were two years apart. And life was moving through its natural courses. Um, busy mom, super busy career. My husband has a busy career. Just going through life. And you never know how quickly your life can change. And when you experience a tragedy that takes your breath away, where you are struggling to just get air in your lungs and learning how to breathe again and learning how to walk and talk and just get integrated back into life, it's almost indescribable, but it's my story. So I have to describe it. I actually lived it and breathed it. It's been hard to believe it's been over 10 years. Wow. He would have been turning 15 um, in June, but not to get into the detail details. I don't want this to be a down thing. I want this to be an up thing, but we lost our four-year-old to a tragic um, drowning in our family pool. And 
you as a mom, as a dad, as siblings, as grandparents, you just read about these stories in the newspaper. You hear about these at church. You see it on the news, but you never think it could actually happen to you. And it did. And I remember the night of his accident and I was in our master bedroom and I was just like, so such a dish rag and had no emotion. I was incredibly numb, but I remember telling my husband, Rob, I can't believe this happened to us. We are such good people. And I remember the embrace and him holding me. And he says, I disagree. And I'm going to get a little teary here. He says, I disagree. He said, um, why not us? You know, who are we to think we would be uh, removed from that part of society? Who do we think we are that bad things shouldn't happen to us? We're humans. Bad things happen every day, Lauren gave me every day to people. But this was my story and this was my journey. And I had to figure out how I was going to move forward. But honestly, did I have a choice? Did I actually have a choice on how I was going to move forward? Some people said I did. I didn't think I did. I knew that there was a lesson, a humongous lesson for me to learn that day, which was how am I going to move forward? What am I going to do with my life? And I felt a huge responsibility to still be that amazing wife, to mother the three surviving children. They still deserve to have all of me, not the grieving, injured, can't breathe, don't care about anything in this world, me. That's like dying all over again. So it took time. I mean, it definitely took time. But in an odd, freaky way, I never felt like I needed therapy. I became my own therapist. And I started to figure out what would make me feel good. And that's what I did. Every day, I got a little bit better about how I was going to move through life. And the kids went to a therapist at school once or twice, but they never presented any red flags. You know, loss of grade, academic advancement, um, social issues, um, anger issues. We just were still those people. And so it's hard for me to describe how we did that. Honestly, I have no idea. We just started to move and go into that direction. And I feel like you hear all the time, you only live once, but I reverse that. I believe you only die once, but you have multiple opportunities to live. They're just all of these things that present to you in your life through these different seasons and you're like, you get to relive. So I took my grief, my anger, my frustration, my just plain sadness and turned it into something beautiful. I got a chance to figure out that a little four-year-old taught me how to live better and to realize nothing is forever. Nothing is forever. And I didn't want to waste any of that precious gift of time. I will be honest, I'm a huge faithful woman. I am incredibly Catholic. Whatever that means to you, that's whatever, but that's me. I am incredibly Catholic. And in doing so, we're not supposed to know the ending of all of these stories. We are not given the right to know the why, the who, how come, me, what. You're just supposed to accept it. And that's the hardest part for most people is moving from a tragedy to acceptance. It, it just seems like it takes some people forever. I gracefully moved through acceptance. It was my reality. 
And I wanted to take what I had experienced and give people the one thing that I think everybody deserves, which was hope. Hope for a better day. Hope when the sun came up, you could see something good in this world. And I honestly don't know how I did it. Some people were like, I wish you could bottle it up and sell it as like a potion or something. And I'm like, I don't really know how I did it. I just was me. I was just me through the whole thing. And, you know, I had kept a blog for a little while so I could journal my feelings because like you guys know, you have young children. You, you can't remember every little bitty beautiful detail about that little baby human that comes out. You just remember certain pieces of that beautiful journey. But I wanted to remember as much as I could because your emotions, and I think it's God's gift to protect us, they, they're fleeting. They're very, very fleeting. And so I quickly realized that, wow, if my happiness and my sadness could move through, so could my entire sad journey of grief. I could really manipulate, massage that into something bigger and better for myself. And then I could teach other people by example, just by being who I am, maybe they could, could extract something good from all of that. And again, it was 10 years ago, um, not a day goes by that we don't think about him, but there are always these fun little memories. Like we don't really sit around and cry and just think how sad we are and how sad the situation is and how could this have happened to us. We, we think about the good times and we do believe we will see him again. And that to me gives me so much joy. And as moms, you guys both know, we worry so much. We live in a constant state of worry about our children mentally, physically, emotionally, in the eeriest way, he's the child that I'll worry the least about because I believe I know exactly where he is and everything is good. So I know that's a real weird twist of a mindset, but it works for me. So I believe, I just believe you got to figure out what's good for your mindset and how you get through grief. But unfortunately, I find a lot of people kind of get stuck in the phase where they can't accept what has happened. So what would you say to somebody? I mean, I always, I say this to Amy, I've said it multiple times. Missy is literally one of the most positive people I have ever met in my life. Like I would never, ever in a million years know that you suffered such a tragedy and never. And so what would you say to somebody that is in that? Because I'm sure, look, it's been 10 years, but he was your son. Like you have to yeah. still have moments of oh, still my reality. I mean, right. and look, there were these awkward times where in the very beginning, you know, we would go to dinner. We were a family of six. And then it was like, oh, we only need five. Those were weird moments for us. And then, you know, because I had so many children, they had assigned seating at the kitchen table. So everybody had a certain seat. His seat was empty. And then in the car, so no one didn't fight, everybody had assigned seats. We just rolled that way. So there were these empty moments in my life for sure. And it wasn't easy, but I always believed it would get better and it did get better. So I don't think sitting and rocking in a fetal position and going dark and eliminating anything in your life is going to bring you to a better place. It, that is never going to be a good outcome. And you're just going to have to work on it. Like grief 
to me, could be a noun, an adjective, a verb. It, it could be a lot of things. And it's never going to leave my soul. I just put it in my body so that it reminded me of how to be a better person. It reminded me life was short. It reminded me to go for it. Just go for it. Because in the end, Amy and Laura, life ends. Like, I know that's like, for me, that's a, De a Debbie Downer, but it's also reality. And I always tell people, the quicker you can accept your own reality, whatever it may look like, that's going to move you into a better place of peace and comfort and hope when you accept your reality. And I guess I would just tell people, find the grace in the gray area, because I think grief is gray. It's just, it's not black. It's not white. Don't project how you think someone should feel about something because you think you know about grief. Let people experience their own grief and sort of just be there for them. So what I usually do when I learn of someone that's going through a hard time, I just simply reach out and I say, how may I support you? So simple. Mm -hmm. People need different things from different people. I just want to be a support system. If you need someone to talk to, if you need someone to walk quietly down the street, not saying a word, if you need a meal, if you need a prayer, if you need some advice, whatever you need, I'll support you. And I just want people to know it's okay to reach out to get help. We all need help in life. You know, what's so funny is that I'm sitting here thinking, as you're saying that, how many times I've reached out to you on social media, responding to a story. And I'm like, Missy, I needed this today. Just the way that you show up, you know, when Laura said that before, you are just so positive. It's not the toxic positivity that you see right. where people are like, you need to be positive. Like this happened to you, but you need to be positive and you need to be optimistic. I heard an incredible interview the other day um, on the Ed Milet show. I can't remember which guest it is because I'm, I'm like not thinking about it straight completely, but it was something along the lines of like, you need, oh, it was Robin Sharma. You need to have your philosophy in order first before you can have your methodologies in order. And for you, it's like, you know what your philosophy on life is going to be. You're going to keep finding that joy. You're going to keep on living because you know that at some point this is not going to be your reality anymore. And everything else kind of follows from that. And like what you just said about how people deal with it in different ways and just let people figure it out on their own rather than force feeding how they're supposed to be. Well, I think people force it because they're uncomfortable with what's happening. So the quicker right. that person goes through it, then you can get comfortable where that relationship is. And I just believe the world needs more compassion and mutual respect and just giving you what you need. We all need something different at different times. So yeah. I just feel like we, we go through different seasons in our lives and yet we forget what it was like when we were in that season because our memories are short and we're just going through it. But I always wanna let people know, my favorite three, three words are I love you. But my next three favorite words are don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your grief journey. Don't give up on the fact that hope is coming. Don't give up the fact that it's going to get easier because you're going to get stronger. That's what grief is all about. And listen, I look at grief in all types of areas. Loss of a job, loss of identity, loss of finances, loss of a marriage. I don't think people grieve enough. 
with their losses. And I, do I ever want someone to compare Griffin's loss to a loss of a dog? Probably not. However, right. what if that was the only love someone ever had was with their dog? What if they lived alone for 40 years and that dog was with them every single day? Who am I to say that that's really not that big of a deal? It's a dog. It's a big effing deal. And it's not my place to judge that deal for them. I'm just going to be there to help them through a hard time. Because let's be realistic. They're not going away. In fact, they're getting tougher. I mean, who's not pissed at the price of gas right now? Everyone is legit pissed off at everything right now. Yeah. So it's like, so when you, when, when Laura's like, I'm going to know about this hype thing, I decided through my journey in life that I feel like because of my journey, I can speak very openly about pain and suffering and being so low, but I can also talk about how it feels to climb, how it feels to rise up and be freaking grateful every single morning when some days I didn't have one thing to be grateful for, but I found it. I found that one thing, then it got a little bigger, then it got a little bigger. Everything starts with gratitude. There's something every day to be grateful for. I mean, this sounds horrific, but there were days that I woke up, not to backtrack, but the day of his accident, we, we summer in New Orleans. And so for whatever reason, God, God is so good. He had Rob do a road trip with all three boys, all three boys. And I'm like, I don't want anything to do with that. That sounds like a horrible idea. So Elle and I stayed behind and we did a girl's day and we flew home. Well, they got home a day before us. And what happened was the big kids had been swimming that day and they didn't close the gate. And we think what happened was he really didn't like the water, to be honest with you. We think he was chasing and he slipped. And, and, and a lot of people assume a drowning is a lot of thrashing of water and it's very noisy. It's actually one of the most silent deaths that you can experience because it, it just is what it is. And Rob had this amazing experience with all of those boys that he would never get again. We didn't know that, but that's what we were gifted. And you just think back and you wonder what led up to that day. And instead of being so upset and annoyed and frustrated with life that it was taken away from you, we turned into looking at all the beautiful things that we had leading up to that time. And a lot of people struggle with that. But that was a tool that I used for myself. It brought me joy to know Rob would always have that journey with all three of his boys. And it can, that could never be taken away from him. That really so is so... Isn't it? So so incredible and you were talking before about different seasons and you have now you we were talking offline about how now you're in a new season of your life but a lot of the women that listen to us are in that season which i know you remember well because we talk about it all the time of raising kids, working like crazy and trying to, I hate the word balance because I just don't believe that there is balance, but I like to use the word manage, trying Mm -hmm. to manage it all. Um, So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, so you went through your your grief journey, which to some extent you'll always be on, right? Um, But you've been through all these different seasons. 
So how did you manage, quote unquote, you know, that season of when your kids were younger and you, I mean, you've been with the NFL for 26 years. You obviously had a very long, amazing career and then you added coaching to it. So how did you manage all that? I think when you're in the throes of it, you really don't know what you're doing. You really don't. You are really winging a lot of things. And that's okay, because that's the best you have in that moment. And I think what happens is we put so much pressure on ourselves to be certain things at certain times. Sometimes we just need to be. And again, going back to reality, that was my reality. Um, is it probably really difficult not to lose yourself as a woman? Absolutely. We all have lost ourselves along the way because it's just the cards that were dealt to us at that time. But the good thing is we are able to cash in that hand and reshuffle the deck and get a completely new set of hands. And that's when you look and go, okay, well now I can do this and now this, and then this card's a little bit older than this card, so this can help me with it. There's this like strategy behind how you move to the next season. But the best advice I can give any young couple that has young children, do not lose your marriage. Do not lose the reason you were created to become one to have these babies. Because the babies are very demanding and they take a lot of time, but your spouse and you and your relationship deserves actually more than parenting. And I know I get a lot of like, oh, that's not a very good popular opinion. I'm going to speak from reality because I've already been through that season. Yes. I remember when my kids were graduating from high school, cannot tell you how many friends divorced. Friends that we hung out with and did all these things with divorced, right? And I'm thinking, you got through teething toddlers? and freaking teenagers and now you get a divorce you got everything you ever wanted now it's called time and you don't know what to do with it because you didn't invest in it and you didn't take care of it and you thought i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it you never did it and then boom the kids are gone and you don't know who you are and you don't know who you are with him or her or whatever and it disintegrates so my best advice and i remember again you just got to manage it and find it we did like in-home date nights who had the energy for it? Nobody, but we did it. And it was like, put the babies to bed, get the wine out, you know, you know how husbands are, you get one glass of wine, they touch it and they think, you know, whatever. But it, it, it just rolls into that. And that's why women are like, we don't want the wine. We don't want to do that. Do it, do it. Make your grocery list in your head, girls. It doesn't take that long. You can do it, trust me. So I want you to remember oh, I love you. love. And it's hard to love your spouse when you got a bunch of kids. I, I, look, I know they don't look the same. I, I get it. I, I totally get that. And your eyes are tired. Your body, everything's tired. I get it. Yep. But you don't want to roll up at the end of a season, starting a new one without that person. I promise you, you don't yep. want to do it. I am in such a good space in my life. And I can't wait for y'all to get there. You got a little ways to go. <laughs> but think about this. Think about it, Amy, you have a little baby. He's not a baby anymore. Nope. Not a baby anymore. Look how fast that went by. I uh -huh. promise you, it's going to all go by that fast. The days are long, the years are short, and the years get shorter. Shorter. And raising bigs are different than littles. It's still very emotional, bigger problem, like a lot more on the line. Oh, I um, that now. <laughs> yep. But when you join forces with your spouse, 
things are better. And it, it's just, it's magic. You created humans together. I don't know of an, a bigger superpower than creating humans. Sometimes you want to put them back where they came from. They don't fit. I'm just letting you know that now. They do not fit. Don't try it. And you just got to find humor throughout the process. And I mean, I did a IG post yesterday. Grayson dropped, destroyed two phones in two weeks. Two phones in two weeks. And look, we're goal setters in this family, but those aren't the goals I want to hit. And he sends me a message. Do you love me? And I answered, honestly, if it involves money, I do not love you. I do not love you. And I never will. If you need my emotional support, love you tons. So you just got to kind of get through it. Um, it's not easy. I don't want to pretend that those seasons and those days are easy. They're far from it. But are they worth it? Hell yes. Yes, they're worth it. And you'll look back with the best memories and, and be thankful that you're at the ball games. Be thankful that you're showing up for Olivia's dance stuff. Be thankful that you're going all in. Nothing will taste better than choking on the dust of regret. And you could risk a lot of regret if you don't go all in now, because there'll be a time where you have absolutely nothing to do. Girls keep dreaming. There'll be a day nothing to do. I can't even imagine. You know what? Yesterday I had a wake to go to and my mom, my mom is 69 and her very best friend that she grew up with, literally they live next door to each other. Her husband passed away. Now this couple and my parents, they all grew up together. So they've known each other their whole lives. And she was standing there and they had photos around of, of them as a couple of the kids and everything. And there was a photo from their wedding and she turned to it and she looked and she said, Oh my God, where did the years go? And I thought I it literally stopped me in my tracks. And I was thinking, wow, they look at all the time that's passed. And now here she is, her husband's passed away and she's standing there saying, God, where did it go? And it just made me think like, like you're saying, like in a blink, well, just, what you're fighting for or fighting through, they're wishing for. So right. remember what you have. And this is kind of my hype coach kind of thing too. Always remember what you have someone else is wishing for. And that hits very differently. Even in the throes of like disaster, okay? <laughs> Frustration. Remember, you know, I remember trying to get the kids ready to get out of the house. My Lord, it was like a marathon to get shoes on. And, so, and it was like, exactly. do this every day. Why is this taking so long? But then I would remember, I had friends that were infertile and they couldn't have children. And they would kill to have a kid fighting to put their socks on. And that moment, it didn't take away what my reality was, but it, start, it certainly softened my anxiety and my stress and what I was going through. And again, go back to gratitude. Go back to being grateful for what's in front of you. Hard, frustrating, annoying, but also be grateful for it. it, it you, you look at it very differently. It, it softens all I, those rough edges. I think one of my favorite things about you, Missy, is that I feel like the positivity and the attitude that you have is rooted in gratitude and presence. Like you genuinely reflect on the moment that you're in and you're 
wholly present in that moment of like, what is this teaching me? How can I learn from this? Where do I go from here? As opposed to the people like myself, who's like, get these kids out of the house so I can breathe for a second because that's the moment I need. I need to breathe. And I lose that moment. And then the moment passes me. And then I say, oh, I should have done it differently. Like I shouldn't have done, you know? And I try to ground myself in presence, but it is so hard because of that season you're in. You're so, like you said, you're exhausted. You're like taxed on every angle. Because I think what it is really is that like, time starts to slow. Like the perspective that you have in the, the snapshots or the segments of time start to slow a bit where you're just like present. And that, at least that's what I feel like because you have that ability. If that is your reality and like, how could you teach somebody to harness that better or be present better? Well, I think for starters, it's hard for me to compare myself to others simply because we all live different lives yeah. so, across the board. So the comparison thing is really tough because it's really hard for me to serve up something to someone when they don't have the same number of hours in the day. So I know everyone says like, we have the same number as Beyonce. We don't. We do not have the same number. On the clock, we may, but I don't have staff. I don't have a private jet. So, so I think there's a little, there's some harm in those types of comparisons. Like, well, why can't you do it? Missy does it, or Beyonce does it, or Laura does it. Right. That's very dangerous for me. Okay, that's the first thing. Secondly, I think in the end, you have to do the best you can with what you have. And this is the other important thing. I do wake up every day with gratitude, no doubt. But you, no matter what you do, you could go to bed at the same time. You could have the same dinner. You could have the same little nighttime routine, whatever. But you may not wake up feeling the same way you did on Thursday as you do on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Give yourself some grace. Just, I believe, acknowledging and being aware you're 80% there. What are you going to do with it when you then acknowledge it? So if you're realizing that you're frustrated with Olivia or doing this with work and you got this one on, acknowledging it is so powerful. Then you internalize it and say, what can I do that's better? What's, what can I do that's going to bring me a better outcome? Yelling and screaming, though, in the moment, y'all, I can remember like being upset with Rob at something and I'm waiting for him to come home and I'm, t I'm I am giving myself a hype girl combo. You're not <laughs> going to explode. You're going to give him a few minutes and I'm yelling as he's pulling into the car. I am like, go. And I'm like, well, that didn't go like you said it was. So we're humans. Yeah. We're going to make mistakes. It's okay. Yeah. Acknowledge it was a mistake. You didn't handle it well. I'm going to do a little bit better next time. Sometimes you won't get better for a year. <laughs> you won't get better until Olivia's 13, and that'll be a whole other set of problems. <laughs> so realize that. Now, for me, I had to go to, I went to Ash Wednesday Mass, and I went to the grade school where my kids went to school. And I, I knew it could be a problem, but I went anyway. Seeing those little bitties sitting in their pews with their little uniforms that my, my kids once sat in, some of the same teachers are still there. I sat in the back and I started to well up and I realized, oh my God, I probably was so upset one day on Ash Wednesday because Elle didn't tie the bow the right way or I wasn't, and, and boom, it's gone. It is gone, never to come back. And I went for a six mile hike in the, in the mountains by my house because I knew I needed to get some fresh air. I needed to get sunshine on my face. I needed to figure it out. 
The difference is the two of you don't live in a mountain preserve. It's, you know, below Chan or whatever. That doesn't work for you. So you got to figure out, wait, should I go in the other room and make a hot cup of tea and do some breathing exercises for 10 minutes to get me into a better place in, in my soul? Then that's what you do. So when I coach people, I don't have a magic thing to give them. I just work with them on a regular basis to get to know them, what their needs are, what their wants are, what their desires are, and what, more importantly, their struggles are. We've got to come to an agreement on how we're going to get there. So a lot of times, um, I'll, I'll give them homework assignments. There are certain podcasts that I think would be good for someone struggling with self-esteem. I have a different podcast for someone that's in a toxic relationship and she knows she needs to get out of it. There are all these different problems that society has, but there are tools for all of them. You just need to figure out which one's for you. I would love to be able to give sort of an overall, this would work. I can't promise that because it's, it's so personal. It's no it's, one size fits all. Like no. there's no thing that exists. And I think the problem, like what I was saying before is, people try to find all the tips and say, well, this, this worked for them. So it has to work for me. And if it's not working for me, it's not the, the default's not, oh, well, the methodology is not good for me. It's I'm doing something wrong. It may be it's me. It's, it's, it's me. There's no grace. There's no gratitude for what you're learning in the process. Like there's none of that. It's just, okay, onto the next book, onto the next podcast, whatever it is. Let's well, see. Well, this is the else. thing though, Amy, at the end of the day, everyone's reaching for joy and happiness. They think it's out there. It's not out there. It's right here. You already have it. You're just not leaning into it and really acknowledging it. People get eyelashes. They do Botox. They color their hair. They do all of that with the hopes of getting something, okay? So this is my other big thing. And, and, and a lot of females, especially successful females, go through this. You know, drive a Mercedes golden goose shoes, going on a trip to Europe. I love all of that. And that is so me. I love a good Louis Vuitton. Love, love, love. I've earned it and I'm going to carry it. This is the difference. And I try and raise my children to understand this because they're older. It doesn't make me better than the person sitting next to me that doesn't have that stuff. I am no better of a human because I have those things that I've earned and I worked for. And those things are not going to cure my depression, my grief, my loneliness. Those things are just what they are. They're things. I'm fine with you getting them because I love them. As long as you understand they're not there for those things. They're not to elevate you better than anyone next to you. And they're not going to bring you joy. They may bring you a happiness for about 10 minutes. And then after that, and your husband goes, did you just, and I said, I did. Yes, I did. And, I, <laughs> and I'm going to do it again. So as long as you know that those things are not vehicles to your joint happiness, and they actually also don't define success. We live in the world of Instagram. Yes. We live in the world of reels. I live in the real, real, R-E-A-L world that I might make a reel about, but I live in the real world. So on my Instagram pages, you're going to see on my stories, good things, bad things, ugly things, reality. I am either entertaining you or I'm educating you, but both of them are real. I can't make up the shit that my kids do. They, they give me very good content and I'm going to blast them for it. Keep giving it to me and I'm going to do it. I would never want to read 
my kids group chat about me. <laughs> but I know it exists because that's how they have to get through this. And again, you know, we live in a world where we want people to be educated and to be successful and to do all those things. I want my daughter to go to school, to be a bad boss. I, I want her to have a corner office. I want her to live in a high rise. I want her to live her best life. But I also want her to understand she has to earn it. She has to earn it. And then she has to be humble with all of it. Enjoy all of it. Enjoy your brunch, boo. You go enjoy your bottomless mimosas. I'm happy for you. But just remember that the girl that maybe didn't do as well and is not in the corner office or not doing, you're not better than her. And I and also you're think be compassionate. it's important to define, have your own definition of what success is because it's so hard. Like, I feel so bad for these kids growing up with Instagram and all of the comparison on social media. And, you know, you scroll through and you think like, this one has this and this one's so successful and this one, I mean, it's just, it's so easy to fall into that trap of comparing and defining success based upon what you see other people doing. And it's hard. You know their story. You don't know if someone sadly inherited a ton of money because they lost their parents in a tragic accident. Right. You know, and this is the thing too, ladies, we're not entitled to know. That is none of our business. And we shouldn't demand it. We shouldn't expect it. We need to live so well in our own lives that it comes natural for us to be happy for someone else when they do well. I, I think there's this weird notion. There's a certain amount of joy and happiness that's in society and when someone else does really well some people feel like they just took a piece of their opportunity to be successful happy and joyful that's just bullshit i'm just going to call bullshit because again it, it's right here so for me you know i love to travel i'm so excited about my trip this summer with my daughter i'm creating a, a, a moment in time because I understand pretty soon she'll probably get a boyfriend. She'll probably get married. I'm going to fall back. That's my reality. It's a hard one to accept and understand. But didn't you want to do that with your future husbands? Didn't you want to leave your parents behind to go do this? Too? So again, you got to remember going through your seasons of life. We did that to our own parents. What makes it think that our kids aren't going to do it to us? But if there are a lot of moms that I know growing up, they really tug on those girls and they want to keep them as long as they can. You can't prevent your children from growing. You can't hold them back yeah. for your own sake. And that's where it rolls into you having your own life, your own joy, your own relationships. Be supportive to your children. And I will say, as they get older, y'all's are still young, but more yours are kind of getting up there. Yep. Where when my kids call me now, in all honesty, I will say, are you needing to vent? Are you needing advice? Are you needing emotional support? I need to know what you need from me so I can better serve you. Because let me tell you, when you screw those up, <laughs> and the conversation doesn't right? go well. Like I, I remember Elle calling me and talking to me about stuff. I'm like, well, you need to do this. And you know, she goes, I didn't need your opinion. I was like, oh, I thought that's why you called me. So <laughs> knowing who they are, because they are humans too. And so understanding that season was like, Amy, you're saying advice. I had to learn that the hard way. Your best advice 
is when shit goes down. There's your advice, mama. That didn't work. So don't do that again. So Hindsight is a beautiful teacher. <laughs> you know, it comes, and it comes in hard ways. I mean, again, as you get older, your memory leads too. So where you guys are sitting, I, I remember flashes of it, but I'm not in the front line any longer. So for me, you know, our biggest argument is like, where do you want to have coffee on Saturday? Oh. Doesn't that hurt? And I remember, okay, so I was in a running group. I ran eight marathons and I remember my running group. There was like 20 of us, all different ages. And I remember someone being my age and I'm like, I have to go home and deal with four kids under the age of eight. And then one's got baseball, one's got this. And then how am I supposed to clone my, and I remember her strolling to her car, no sense of urgency. <laughs> my first instinct was to slash a tire though. Well, she's not from anywhere. She's not from and then, I, and then I remember her saying, don't rush it. Please don't rush it. Just sit in it. Even if it's icky, sit in it because in due time, it's going to pass and you may wish it was back. You may not, just depends on the different stages. Now, potty training, I would never wish that back on anybody. No. Ever. That is not a stage you ever will miss, okay? And teenage sass and hormonal, you won't miss that either. I'm entering it. Yeah, you won't miss it. I, I can promise you, you won't miss those stages. So, you know, life, I always say life is, um, it's messy and it's beautiful. And then it's messy, but it's mostly beautiful. I love that so much. How are you finding joy in this new different season that you're in? Because this is to this is so new for you. So I think as a young female professional, I grinded girls. I grinded since I was 16 years old. I My mom was a stay at home and that, that's what she wanted to do, but that did not interest me. And again, I'm probably, it's so funny that people are attracted to me for my positivity. A lot of people are not attracted to me because I am very unconventional, which is, which is weird. But I went back to work five days after all of my babies, except Griffin, because he was an emergency C-section, five days five days. I couldn't get out of the hospital fast enough. I couldn't wait to get back into what I do best. I had a beautiful nanny that helped me. So again, things were in place for me. My mom lived with me for the first one, but I was in the middle of some big deals, some really big deals I had worked really hard on. And, and, and again, people look down on me, but I say, again, insert respect, insert compassion. You don't know what makes somebody tick. And just because it's not your cup of tea, you don't have to drink it. I'm not telling you, you have to go back to work five days after a baby. I'm letting you know that's what made me tick. You don't want me non-ticking. That's all I can say. You don't want a woman or anybody for that matter pushed at a level to conforming to what society tells her what she should be doing. I think it's dangerous and it's reckless. So I did what was best for me. And I'm sure my mother rolled her eyes. I'm surprised they weren't stuck in her head because she couldn't believe it. She just couldn't yeah. believe that I was going. I was uncomfortable in my skin all day at home. I, I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Um, and it worked out really well for me. And it's so ironic. So I worked full time until I had baby number two. And after that, I went to three days a week, but three long days. So it was still full-time, just kind of pushed in, which was a nightmare. But when I look back at my children, my daughter is the most independent person I've ever met in my entire life. 
and I spent the least amount of time with her at home. The boys are a disaster most days, a disaster. <laughs> and I gave them everything that they, I, you know, skin to skin and I comfort and we did whatever we were supposed to do. I did it all. And they can't get themselves out of a wet paper bag. And she can go, y'all, Elle could go six days without talking to me. Six days. Yeah. Because she doesn't need anything. I mean, my Amazon account occasionally, but she doesn't need anything. So, you know, so be mindful. The child that you're raising, that you need and you want out there, be careful when they become that person because it might not jive on what you want from them later in life. So, and that's my reality. Rob tells me that all the time. I'm like, I can't believe she isn't called today. And he's like, you wanted that. You wanted her to be independent. You wanted her not to rely on a man to earn her own way through life and do, and just go live. And she's now she's doing, doing it. it. She's doing it. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid Gage might live with me forever. <laughs> I don't know. And this is the other thing. Your kids are so different. Yes, they come they from are. the same two people and they're radically different. So people. different. So you have to mother different. You have to shift and pivot. And understand, I think a lot of times people think you're favoring one or the other. It's not that. They need different things from you. So you give them what they need. It looks funny from the outside and it might feel funny for you, but just be mindful. Give yourself some grace. You're doing the best you can with what you have when you have it. Ugh, I, I just love everything it. about this conversation. You know what just flashed across my head to talking about you is how like basically your happiness is an inside job. Like if you are happy, who cares what everybody else is saying? Who cares what everybody else's opinions are? Because isn't life just purely about finding the joy and enjoying the moments that you're in, no matter how unconventional they are, just doing it the way that you feel most aligned. Like some women might listen to this podcast and be like, Missy, how could you leave a five-day-old baby and just cast all these judgments? Like, because I can, because it made me happy, and that's what my I soul did. needed. I did. I mean, that's the interesting thing. It was like, if listen, if I worried about what everybody thought about me, I wouldn't get half the shit I need to get done in my life. I'm on a mission. And my mission is so interesting is to be joyful every single day. I have to go yes. out and get that. So like tonight, I'm going up in the mountains to sit, you know, and have sushi and a glass of wine with my girlfriends because right now, that's what I need tonight. That's what I'm doing tonight. Tomorrow's going to look completely different. And I feel like we hold back, especially women, because I think we put ourselves so low on the chain of to-do things that we lose ourselves, we lose our interests and our desires. It's self-reflective. So I do think you need to do some inventory every once in a while. And for me, whether I'm going to Portugal this summer with Elle or I'm doing a hike by myself in my backyard, I'm going to find the same level of joy. And that might sound ridiculous to you, but it, it's not to me. I go seek it and I go find it and I go give myself what I need. People just struggle on what they need. I think that's where they get stuck. What is it that I need right now? And I think you need to do trial and error. You know, don't go train for a marathon if you absolutely hate running. I don't suggest it. Go try a yoga class. And this is the other thing. Start experiencing life. So last night, we did this yoga class. And this is not your traditional, like, downward dog. This was chanting those bowls. Oh. And we had to dance. 
with our <gasps> eyes closed to like this hip cool, like that. Yeah. There were 12 of us. Rob was to the right of me. If you think I didn't open my eyes to see what that mofo was doing, <laughs> I needed to see for myself. And he was so into it. And then after I love it. and sat in this little area and there was one, there was cheese and crackers and hot tea. And they, we were always, I couldn't tell you the girl's name that was sitting across from me. And it was like, we were just a little sense of the community for just a little while. It brought me ungodly amounts of peace. Our central nervous system right now in this world is on overdrive. It's on overdrive. We are inflamed from our head down to our toes. Yep. We're inflamed. So you better start figuring out what's going to work for you. And as a coach, as an online coach, this thing I have a love-hate relationship with it, a love-hate relationship with it. And I started to realize I am the CEO of my own life, not just of my companies, my life. So if I want to post, I'm posting. If I choose not to post, I'm not posting. I'm going to pick when it's good for me, not when I feel like, oh my God, engagement, or I need somebody to see something. That's bullshit. You'll see what I'm going to give you because that was in the right moment and good time for me. We're a little too servant to society, to give, to give, to give. You need to get a little selfish and start taking what's good for you. So back to why I wanted to go into this hype coaching thing. Yes, health and wellness. Tell us all about okay. it. Yeah, so health and wellness it. is my jam. Y'all know that I've been a fitness guru for a very long time. Working in professional sports is so amazing for me, working for the Cardinals, because seeing someone take care of their body professionally is amazing. Fascinating. It's so it's fascinating to me. And so, but I will tell you, so I've been doing this for so long. When I first started working in the draft was coming up, I could make funny jokes like, okay, he's hot, tight ass, draft champ. I like to see that. Well, that didn't age well because they stayed the same age when they were drafted, but I got older. So after a certain point that got really creepy, couldn't say it, how to keep that inside. So uh, my office was on top of the weight room. I would hear them jamming to their music and just getting stronger and, and working on drills and watching Larry Fitzgerald just run reps outside. It was, oh, it was amazing. amazing. I loved it. Okay. So I'm starting to get into the health and wellness online business. Love it, love it, love it. There are pockets of it that are hard and there are pockets of it that I didn't enjoy. So I had to find what was working for me and make some pivots and run my business the way I thought it was best for me. Then I started to realize as COVID was coming along that it was hard for me to teach somebody how to sweat properly and to eat properly when this was not engaged. Right. This, the brain and the gut and the soul needed way more work than lifting dumbbells. So I needed to start peeling that onion layers back to get to the core of what was really causing them to not succeed or accelerate or expand their lives. They needed something more and they needed a hype coach. They needed someone to talk to for 20 minutes once a week for me to go, sister, you, you have this. It's already here. Let's walk through where you feel stuck. Let's start working on a relationship issue, a grief management issue, time management, goal setting. We need to do more paper and pencil scheduling appointments for you to get to where you want to be and who you are. Who are you? And your, your goals are going to change. 
you're going to shift through the different seasons in your life. And I really want to start coaching sort of the 19, 20 year old female. They need it more than anybody because they're stuck and that life hasn't even started. They're stuck because Instagram is telling them to look a certain way or feel a certain way and they don't feel worthy. We're all worthy. So insert hype. I want them to hang up with me and go, after that, I'm going to go do whatever she told me to do. I'm going to do this. I, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stop worrying about what other people think about me. I'm going to start dressing that makes me feel comfortable. I'm going to study whatever was giving me passion. Come on. If you don't have passion, why are you doing it? Why are you showing up? Why are you working harder for another company than you are willing to work on yourself? It's so true. Oh my God. It's so, so true, especially at that age. 1920. I think back about myself when I was that age Painful. and just the way I viewed the world and thought about things and thought about my career was so different. And of course your beliefs and somewhat change as you get, once you have kids, sure. you know, your life just changes. Mm -hmm. But at that age, I was just, I could have used a Missy. <laughs> well, and this is the thing. A lot of them have very good relationships with their parents, but you don't listen to what your parents are saying. You listen to an outsider way more. You're more willing to do things and show up for someone, a stranger. It's very odd. I don't know. You end up hurting people's feelings more with the ones you love and the people that you're, you're really, you hold back on strangers, but you'll, you'll, you'll be really mean and, and hurtful to the people that you love because you can get away with it. It's the same, same kind of concept mentally. So, all right, what else do we need to cover? I feel like, is there anything else hanging out there? We're going to put all of your information in our show notes because I want people to be able to find you and, and work with you if they feel that that will benefit them. I mean, who wouldn't benefit from it? But anyway. Um, and I can give you like certain podcasts that I use and certain books that I, just to get people sort of started on whatever that might tickle their fancy at, at the time that they're in. Yeah. I want people to be able to find you because I feel like you are going to help so many people. You already have, but there's so many more people out there for you to help with, with your philosophy on joy and just the different seasons in life. And you're just like amazing. Amazing. Um, okay, I'm going to end on two things real quick. I also believe that as painful as it is to be served up something tragic, hard, unbearable, suffocating, there are lessons behind that. And I believe I wouldn't be the woman that I am had I not suffered the tragedy that I did. And I'm going to find the good in that tragedy. I'm going to find the good. And I'm open to seeing signs from Griffin. I talk to him all the time. He's still my baby. That was not taken away from me. Right. I think some people misunderstand when people are taken away, they're physically taken away. They will never emotionally and spiritually ever be taken away from you. Don't lose everything. Hold on to what you still have and find joy and, and gratitude for that part. And, and understand you hurt so much because you loved so much. That, that's some beauty into that. You know, you are where you are in life for a reason. Don't, don't lose that part. Don't, just, just accept it and, and realize the sooner you accept your reality, the quicker you can do something about it. That's right. If you ignore it and you pretend like it's not there, never going to get better. It's never going to get better. So amazing. Amy, do you have any other questions for Missy? 
No, I just, I really encourage people to follow Missy. We'll leave her, her social handles on the show notes. Like, honestly, she is, when her story pops up on my stories, on my homepage every day, I will listen, I, I will watch. But you will, never know. You never know what you I'm You never know what's you. happening. And I will either cry, I will laugh, I will smile, I will be the range of emotions. And it's just because she genuinely, authentically is who she is. And I hope that that came through in the conversation today because this is the Missy that we just know and love. So, and thank I'm so you. glad I got to that our paths in life crossed. I, I'm very, I mean, these are the things that I'm grateful for. I, I just, I, I can't help but think there was, it wasn't a coincidence, it wasn't an accident. You two were meant to be in my life and I'm incredibly, I just feel honored and privileged that our paths crossed and we can share so much. I mean, maybe, maybe I was put in your life so you could see a role model of where you're going in terms of the season in your life. And you have to recognize you're going to be those same people to someone that's younger than you. So always be mindful, whether you like it or not, you are a role model to someone. Someone's watching. Give them something good to see. Oh, I'm going to end on that because that is so fabulous. Missy, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Everybody, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We thank you for spending time with us and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. If you have not already done so, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that we can reach even more businesswomen just like you. We will see you again next Monday for a brand new episode.